So two weeks in Europe, one conference, a boat trip with amazing people and a seasick magician, time with friends and family and four very different rental experiences. There's a lot to share in this episode with quite a few learning points along the way. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Hello and welcome back to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I am back from a terrific two weeks in the UK, in Berlin and in Barcelona. And I'm going to talk about that today, talk to you about the experiences of staying in four different vacation rentals, as well as a little bit of a recap on the short stay week in Barcelona, which was terrific. It was uh, such a great experience to meet so many new people, as well as catch up with many that I haven't seen for a long time, and to also meet people that I've only met online. So actually the face-to-face thing, which was really Super amazing. And I will mention some names. I may not mention everybody's names. I may not mention yours if you were there. And that is not a deliberate oversight. It's simply because there were so many people that it was very difficult to remember all of the ones that uh, that I met. But just know that I valued every single conversation I had in Barcelona. You're all such amazing people. This industry is just wonderful. It seems to bring forth the best in everybody. And I absolutely love it. And, you know, I just, it came to mind this morning while I was planning this episode, just a quote that I took to heart years ago. And the quote is simply, every day is a learning day. And I've been involved in training going back a lot of years. I worked for Reader's Digest in London and Swindon in England for five years. And during that time, I got involved in training. And it's where I got my real interest and passion for adult education and and did adult adult education courses, etc. But while I was at Reader's Digest, I developed a customer service training program that got adopted in Reader's Digest offices worldwide. You know, I was in the customer services department, mainly involved with dealing with Reader's Digest subscribers. You may or may not have been a Reader's Digest subscriber in the past, but uh, there were there were some practices that we wouldn't be using today, I have to say, in terms of marketing and promotion of Reader's Digest products. For those of you who have a stack of condensed books on shelves that you really don't want to throw out because they look quite nice, but honestly, whoever reads a Reader's Digest condensed book these days, you'll know what I mean because we used to have these subscriptions that went on for, well, they were endless subscriptions and it was really difficult to cancel them. As I say, wouldn't happen today, but it's where I really honed my skills in customer service and then got involved in training. And when I left there in 1995, I started my own training company. And 
we continued with the same values that were introduced in the Reader's Digest programs. And that, that value was learn something new every day from learning from customers, learning from clients, learning from colleagues, from reading, from professional networks, and absolutely recording that learning. And at the end of every day, write down what the day has taught you. And often you think, you get to the end of the day, you think, did I learn anything new today? No. But yes, you did. You will have learned something from somewhere, whether it was, and I'm not talking about the news because I challenge what mass media journalism brings you. However, I'm watching the Smithsonian Channel at the moment on TV and I'm learning something brand new every day from the Smithsonian Channel or this Discovery Channel, whatever. Whatever you learn, and you will learn something new every day, write it down, record it. And then the following day, put that learning into practice in some way, or at least set yourself up to do so. You know, I'm currently learning Spanish. I'm on a 37-day streak with Duolingo mainly because I hanker after buying something in Costa Rica. And I know my husband's about to start editing this. And when he sees this, he will be shaking his head because every so often, every few years, I get this urge to buy another property and bring it up to the greatest rental standard we possibly can and then make some money from it. And I haven't done that for a few years. So sorry, Phil, but yeah, they have this hankering to look at Costa Rica so I'm learning Spanish. So I am learning something new every day. And I've, uh, yeah, as I say, 37 day streak now. And I actually got to use my Spanish in Barcelona a couple of weeks ago. And it worked. People listened and, and understood what I was trying to say when I was asking in a supermarket, where could I find the tuna? And it worked. Donde esta tune? So I've got that far anyway. So the reason why I wanted to talk about this learning something new every day, because I did learn something new every day on my two-week trip to, to Europe. And I don't want to kick off with talking about the four separate vacation rentals we stayed in. We, we also had a hotel. We had a last, the last night, um, we stayed in a hotel uh, at Heathrow Airport, which was just like any other bland hotel room. So I won't be discussing that. But I want to talk about the vacation rentals because it's always interesting to reflect on being a guest because we spend so much time on the other side. We spend so much time creating and preparing and making our rentals fabulous for our guests. But do we ever experience that fabulousness for ourselves? Is it, in fact, as fabulous as we think it is? So I think it's, it's super important that every single operator and your staff as well. Stay in a vacation rental if they've never done so before. And if you manage vacation rentals, then you should stay in as many of those as you possibly can just to get that experience of being a guest. While I was uh, with Cottage Link Rental Management, we started up what we called the We've Stayed Here program. And that encouraged our staff to go out and stay in one of our rentals for a couple of nights or maybe maybe a night, maybe a night or two. They use the opportunity to take video, to take photos and then give a report back to the owners when they got back. And then our properties got a We've Stayed Here badge on the listing. 
and a little note on that listing to say, you know, one of our staff have stayed at this property. We've experienced it. We might have taken our family to it. So if you want our first-hand account of our stay, please let us know and we'll put you in touch with that member of staff. And people did. They, you know, they were looking at a property. They saw the We've Stayed Here logo and they called us up and said, can I speak to the person who stayed there? And that was great. It was great for the relationships that we developed with our guests, as well as the relationships we developed with our owners. So that aside, I wanted to talk about the properties we stayed at. And I'm happy to say that all four were really good. I really enjoyed my stay in all of them. And we started out in an apartment hotel in Berlin. And we've stayed there before. Stayed there last year and it was right, it's right in the centre, what they call the, the Stadtmitte, uh, which is the centre of Berlin. So a very highly trafficked area of Berlin, very close to Unter den Linden and the Brandenburg Gate. Lots of restaurants, lots of sights to see. And as an apartment hotel, it's, it's the spotlessly clean accommodation. And I would say it's a little bit more on the hotel side than it is on the apartment side. It was really an extended room, but I include it because to all extents, it, it, it was a short, you know, short-term rental. There was a laundry on site. I was able to go and get my laundry done, which was lovely. And it was spotlessly clean, absolutely spotlessly clean, as you would expect from a hotel. Of course, as I would expect from any short-term rental, but, you know, standards do vary. I enjoyed this stay just as much as I enjoyed the last day. And a couple of things that come to mind, there was a kettle. You know, if you listen to my podcast, there has got to be a kettle in every rental I stay. If there isn't, I'll go out and buy one. I'll leave it with the host. I'll leave it in place because I don't want to be carrying a kettle back home, but I need my tea. And no, you cannot boil water in a microwave oven and expect your tea to taste the same. So there was a kettle, as there was in every other property. Europe always has kettles. So there was that. My next absolute must-have was two pillows per person. I like to have two pillows. I think it's important that every single double, queen or king-size bed has four pillows and every twin bed has two pillows. It's not expensive. And I, I see so many, I see so many images of bedrooms on, on listings that just show a pillow and a sham. And so when I say two pillows per person, that is not one pillow and one fancy covered sham. It is two actual pillows that you can sleep on because often these shams don't, you know, tend not to get washed and I will put them on one side because I'm not sure if that has, you know, if it's got a fresh cover on it. So that's so important to me to have those two pillows per person. Um, big fluffy towels. You go to so many hotels and, and you've just got these tiny towels and I love a nice big fluffy towel. My husband does too. He's a little bit larger than me. And, you know, he, he, he quite likes to have a towel that meets in the middle. So I think that is super important. Now, you see, these things are not beyond the realms of possibility for absolutely everybody to include in their property. And what I'm talking about here today is what I feel. It's my personal preferences. Doesn't mean it's everybody's. 
So other guests may have different personal preferences. These are mine. The other thing that I want when I walk into any property is to feel welcome. The other thing that the Berlin Apart Hotel offered that made me happy was when we arrived, we had been traveling for nearly, you know, we'd had 10 hours of flying, a short layover in London, a train into the city from Berlin Airport, then onto the U-Bahn, and then a walk, the bag-dragging walk from the U-Bahn to the hotel. We were tired. We were hungry. We were thirsty. So the first thing I wanted when I got into the hotel room was water. And as it was an apart hotel, there was no bar, there was no concierge, there was no restaurant. I opened the fridge and the water was there. And that was so welcome. And that shot that property way up in my estimation from that moment, just to have a cold drink of water. As I say, you don't have to go to huge extents to make your guests happy. You just have to be ahead of their expectations and needs. So that was good. Great stay in Berlin. And then a couple of days there with family. And it was a really super time. And then my husband and I separated. He went back to England. And when I say separated, I mean just temporarily. So he went back to England and I went on to Barcelona for the short stay week. So I love to travel and I particularly like traveling on my own. So I'm pretty independent. I was more than happy to fly into Barcelona airport. I'd pre-booked the aerobus to get me from the airport into the city and I checked out the map. I knew exactly where I was going when I got off the bus and it was a 20 minute walk, bag dragging down a fairly busy street in Barcelona to find my apartment. Now, the first impression of this, and it to, to me, and I've said this, I've said this to people before when I've met, I have this thing about doors and locks and, and I get very agitated and anxious if I cannot get into a door, if a lock doesn't work. I don't know what it is, but it really bothers me. So I get a little bit anxious before I get anywhere, making sure I've got the key or I've got a code or I've definitely got the means of getting in. And with this apartment, I was sent an app and had the unlock on my phone. So through Bluetooth, I was able to stand right next to the door, open my phone, and then just use a slider on the phone. And hey, presto, the big door at the front of the apartment unlocked. Now, that was great because this apartment was in a tiny little street and it was a little, you know, tiny, narrow street. In the evening, there were restaurants a lot along it and, and this narrow street was, was just packed with uh, tables and chairs as people sat outside the restaurants. But when I arrived, it was a sort of an empty street and the apartment right next door to a bar with this huge iron door, which unlocked perfectly with the Bluetooth connection. So that was great. That was all my anxiety about arriving and getting in was gone, walked in, there was a light switch, which lit up the hallway and the stairs and I walked up just the one flight of stairs, thank goodness, to my apartment and again used the app 
to and the slider to open the door of the apartment. That is the first time I've experienced that. And I really, really loved it. No keys, no codes, no element of, you know, am I going to be locked out? And, and, and just to let you know that there was a fallback code, if necessary, that I could have used to access both the building and the apartment. But I was really impressed with that system. Unfortunately, when I opened the door, it was completely dark inside. And I don't know why people cannot just leave a light on. There must have been a cleaning crew in there before I got there because I know it had been rented. The last guests had left that morning. Why couldn't they leave a light on so that when you open the door, there is a, you're welcomed with being able to see what's inside. So, you know, first thing I had to do was to fumble around for a light switch. And then next thing, I go straight to the fridge to see if there's some water, which there was not. Now, once again, I've been traveling for a couple of hours it was warm. I'd walked my bag down this street for 25 minutes and, and I got in and the first thing I wanted was a drink of water. Now, personally, I do not like drinking water from a tap. I don't know. Years and years ago, I went somewhere and drank water from the tap and was horrendously ill for four or five days. And since then, I will only drink bottled water or water where I'm, I'm absolutely sure of its source when I'm staying away. And I thought, well, that's not a problem. Okay, there's no water here. I'll unpack and I need to get out and do a little bit of shopping, go and get some milk from my tea. Of course, there was a kettle. And I had no idea where to find a local supermarket. And there was nothing in the apartment to tell me anything about the local area. So I'm going to come on to that in a minute. I'm going to be talking about digital guides in a minute. But let me just uh, you know, carry on around the apartment. There was, as I say, no welcoming bottle of water. Only there was a brown paper bag on the kitchen table, which was, you know, clearly it was, it was wrapped up. It had a little seal on it. And, oh, I thought, it's a gift. And it was. It was a gift of some cleaning items, a sponge, a bar of soap and a dishwasher tablet, which I thought was a bit odd. Maybe it's a cultural thing, but I would have gone for the bottle of water in place of the dishwasher tablet for sure. Then I checked the bedroom, only one pillow per person. Now, I was there on my own, so I could have, as, there were two bedrooms, I could have as many pillows as I wanted. But if I'd been there with my husband, I would not have been overly happy to just have one pillow. And it was a very hard bed. And so next thing, I just checked the towels. They were thin. They were, I said, once white, pretty grey, and they had stains on them. I think, you know, that that is just basic. It's just basic to ensure that towels look fresh. They're fluffy. Just replace them. It's not a huge expense, but to leave towels that have clearly been overused, I think, is... To me, that's not acceptable. Um, what else? Um, oh, after that, you know, it was it was okay. It was okay. That's all I can say. It served the purpose. It was not what I expected from a professional management company. So, not saying much beyond that. The no information on the local area was a big thing because I was travelling on my own. It would have been so nice to have info on where the nearest supermarket was. 
you know, as I said, of course, I found one. I had a phone. I had to check out three supermarkets before I found one that that got me a tin of tuna for my tuna salad. And I was able to try out my Spanish after three weeks into Duolingo. But they could have done so much better. And I am going to feed back to them, of course, and not naming any any companies, not naming anybody here, except my next one, because we went from, uh, after short stay week, went back to England and went to a little place called Blisworth. It's a tiny little village in the English countryside near Northampton, where we've got some family. And this is the second time we have stayed at the annex at Windmill Cottage in Blisworth. A one truly wonderful stay. And thanks to Michelle and David at the annex for being such fabulous hosts. Now, Michelle and David live on site. They have the most astonishingly beautiful Victorian property with a great garden. They've got a couple of sheep in the garden, in, in, in a pen. And it's just idyllic. It's absolute idyllic English countryside. I will put a link to Michelle's Airbnb listing because if you're going to England, you're going to Middle England, uh, which is beautiful, then this is a great place to stay. And I should mention that when we went to Blisworth last year, we went to visit our family. We have two family members in Northampton that are in wheelchairs, my granddaughter and and our son. And they both wanted to come and look at where we were staying. And Michelle couldn't have done more to make us, to, to make that happen, to make us feel welcome, to allow us to drive the car along the grass so we could park right outside so we could get the wheelchairs and, um, and the family out. They offered this lovely reclining chair to be brought over for our granddaughter and yes, it, they, they just went over and above to make us feel wonderfully welcome. And that is going to, um, the, the, the annex at Windmill Cottage is going to be our go-to place every time we go to family now. We're not even looking anywhere else. One th- The things I love there is the cleanliness. It's a beautifully clean property. There's a really comfortable bed, big fluffy towels. You are going to win me every time with the big fluffy towels. So thank you, Michelle, David. Once again, you made us feel supremely welcome and uh, and thank you. So after Blisworth, we then went with friends down to Port Isaac in Cornwall. I've been to Cornwall many, many times and we used to go on, on these wonderful trips with these friends and we it would be our annual Cornwall weekend. It used to be a lot of food, a lot of drink, lots of wine and walking dogs on the beach. And one thing I absolutely loved about, what I love about Cornwall is that it is so dog friendly. Everywhere seems to be, seems to welcome pets. And the, uh, my, my friends had brought their border collie and, and we went, we were able to walk and take her into pubs and she played on the beach and nobody seemed to be worried about accepting this this beautifully behaved dog in fact into uh, into their premises so that was great so i want to thank sam who was our host in cornwall we booked this on airbnb i did try and see if there was a direct booking site which there wasn't 
So it was pretty much a standard Airbnb transaction, which is not not much more to say about it than that. I always prefer to book direct because I feel I can make such a better relationship with my host if I book direct than if I'm going through Airbnb. And the other thing is that a book direct site so often has much more detail to inform a choice because when an, when a host has gone to the effort of making a website, they will usually include a lot of information. And that is actually what was lacking on this occasion. I loved the well-equipped kitchen, super comfortable beds, but it was lacking the information that would have been nice to help us choose the pubs we went of course, we went to pubs to eat. We went to plenty of pubs, but we, and I'm not averse to doing my own research. I'm very happy to do my own research. And we'd done a fair amount before we started our trip, but a guide to the local area with sort of specific information provided by the owner or the host or the manager could have changed our experience from okay to extra special. For example, and this is, this is something that I think people forget, you know, hosts and managers forget to think about the needs and expectations of their guests in, you know, when, when they're coming for the first time to a location. Because it was a beautiful walk, absolutely gorgeous walk from the cottage down to the harbour, but it was incredibly steep. So for my friends and I, it wasn't an issue, but my husband found it challenging. You know, I had some health issues and it was really steep inclines he found it challenging. And that hadn't been shared with us beforehand. And I might have made a different choice if it had been. And the last day of our stay, we actually found a car park at the other end of the village, which made the, uh, which led to a much less steep path. This type of information would have been so easily put into a guidebook. You know, I don't understand why operators don't use digital guidebooks. Stayed in four places, every single one of them would have benefited from a digital guidebook. Something with personal recommendations and hints and tips on enjoying the location. We used Touchday, and as far as I know, Cottage Link Rental Management are still using Touchday. Uh, the digital guide, it goes out to all our guests. And, you know, certainly from my time in the business, the guests really enjoyed the services provided by that guidebook. We were able to include some of our owners' personal recommendations in them. So, you know, we had 150 plus properties and every guidebook had many similarities, but everyone was also different because we were able to include customized information in each of them. So if an owner said, you know, I've, I love this local bakery and this is what you should buy in the bakery, we could include that in that particular guidebook. And there's just so much else you can do. So much else you can do with the guidebooks to make them into such a useful resource for your guests. And I say I don't understand why operators aren't using digital guidebooks because they're inexpensive. It's a really inexpensive addition and it can turn a so-so experience into one that could become word of mouth viral. So I think for an ind individual owner, touch day is around $12 a month, which is a really low price 
for a product that can bring so much more business to you because these digital guides can be distributed to all guests. So it's not a dog-eared and coffee-stained written guide that's left on the kitchen counter, which we all know people don't read. And of course, it's useless for them to take out and about. And this is where the digital guide is it really comes into its own because it's in your hand. You can walk out of the door, you can lock the door and you think, oh, how do I get back in again? And in the digital guide on your phone, you've always got the code to get back in or any other access information. Maybe you've got a walking tour, a local walking tour from the property down to the village in Port Isaac. That would be so cool. And that's on the guide, which guides you to the closer but steeper walk, or you take the car down to a car park and then take the less steep walk, which would be so helpful for those who find steep hills more challenging. It would have information on the restaurants and the pubs in the village, um, places to go and buy the best Cornish pasty, which is something that uh, that our friends are always looking for. Where's the best Cornish pasty? It would have had information on local places to see, like we like Tintagel Castle, and we went there because it looked like it was a fun place to go see. We spent nearly eighty pounds on four tickets to get into Tintagel Castle to get there and find that there, there, there was this huge. Well, huge. There was a suspension bridge that was very, very high. I am absolutely afraid of heights. I'm phobic about heights. Just looking at that bridge was an absolute no for me. And I said, I'm so sorry. I cannot go along that bridge and go to the castle. And the other thing was that it was a very steep walk down from the village of Tintagel down to the bottom of the hill and then up to the castle, lots of steps. So that made it pretty impassable for other members of our party. So we paid for the tickets at the top. We only used two of them. And we got ourselves, the the two of us who didn't go to the castle got a very expensive cup of tea in um, in the restaurant. A digital guide would have had all that information. It would have said... Tintagel Castle, great place to go and see, fantastic history. You go and see the King Arthur statue right at the top of the hill. However, it's very steep down from the from the village down to the bottom, and there's lots of steps, and there's also a very scary bridge. So this may not be suitable for certain members of your party. Check out the reviews on Tintagel Castle and see what other people are saying about it. And this is the cost to get in. So this is what can be in a digital guide. I know I'm preaching to the converted because I know many of you are users of many digital guides. There's lots of options out there. Touch Day is just but one of them. I use that one. But, you know, certainly shop around and see what's out there. The other shortfall I want to mention, and don't get me wrong, the four places we stayed were fantastic. We had such a great time, enjoyed them. They were all comfortable. Um, So, you know, it it might sound like I'm nitpicking a little, but I'm just sharing some information on that. But the fourth, uh, the other thing is we had no communication between with uh, with any of these hosts or managers between booking and 
the stay. And I'm not including the annex because we'd stayed there before. So we were repeat guests, but nothing from anybody else. And that drives me nuts because for three of these places, I had to check nearer the time that we'd actually, you know, did I actually do that booking? Have we got a reservation? Because I'd had no communication with them since the time I booked. And we booked four or five months before we stayed. And this, this communication is where operators get the opportunity to shine, to create a relationship with their guests and to create a lasting impression. And in those exchanges, you know, between the booking and stay, hosts can ask questions about what the guests are expecting and looking for in their vacation. Things like, are you coming for a special event or an occasion? How can we help to make your time with us special? What information would be helpful to you before your stay? And do any of your group have special needs or requirements? Those are four questions that you could ask as a host or manager after people have made their booking, they've paid their deposit. You could ask those questions. That will inspire a conversation and start to build a relationship. Make your guests feel more confident in what they booked and will build their trust in you, which, was, which is just so important. And all you need to do is have generic information created and drip feed it. Things like how to find your way around the local area, what your favourite restaurants are, where to buy food, and maybe a calendar of events to allow people to book things in advance. One thing I always remember about going to Costa Rica years ago, well, years ago, a couple of years ago, was that our host centres information on the drip but information on the tours we could do and the trips we could take and where to rent a kayak and and do other things that if we'd left it till we got there, we probably would have missed out on because these things would have been booked. And having that information in advance made this day so much better because everything was organised before we went. At last year's book direct show in Miami, Tyan Marsink shared what she did with her Branson family retreats guests. And I think she shocked the audience when she said that sometimes she would have up to 20 communications with her guests between booking and stay. Now, bearing in mind that her target guests are large family groups and reunion groups, any help she can provide the organiser is great. But she also does this with with some of her much smaller properties at Missouri House, which is her uh, property management company. And she sends information on hiking and biking trails and information on the events that are happening at the uh, Purina Event Centre, because many of her guests come to go to this event centre and bring their dogs. So just bear in mind that after your guests have booked and before they stay, they're in this anticipation mode. They're looking forward to their stay. They're making plans. And you want to keep yourself front of mind. You know, they're coming to your location. They're coming on vacation and they can go out and you can let them do all that research on their own. But if you help them out by providing lots of information, showing your local knowledge 
then you are endearing yourself to them. They're going to be telling other people that word of mouth referral system kicks in and they start sharing information on this great place they're staying and this great host they have who is giving them all the information they need to plan their holiday. So that's it. That was a really great two weeks of vacation rentals. I love it. I got home and I, you know, I usually after a long flight, it's never again, never again. Then the following day I'm thinking, where can I go next? So now I come to one of the reasons for doing the trip in the first place, and that was going to short stay week in Barcelona. So short stay week is a collection I guess, of conferences. It has the Book Direct show, it has the Scale Rentals show, which is over two days. And at the beginning, there were a series of workshops, longer workshops, and at the end was sessions on selling a company and, and other topics. I was able to go to two days of it and really, really enjoyed it. Enjoyed the Book Direct show and the first day of Scale Rentals which was aimed at um, property managers with 25 to around 75 properties, maybe a little bit more. And I'm sorry I missed the others, but uh, unfortunately the uh, t- time timing did not allow for spending any more uh, time in Barcelona. But really made the most of those two days I was there, met loads of people that I've interviewed on stage, which was which was great, um, and, and that I haven't met before in person. So Mark Simpson from Boosley, Neely Khan, Daniela Derin, Evan Dolgau, Bob Garner, uh, Vanessa de Sujelage. I've met Vanessa many times before, but it was lovely to see her again. And then those I've connected with over the years, but never met, like uh, Margarida Ruela uh, from Portugal, Louise Brace, and uh, Anne Murray, who's, uh, who's one of our students in the Vacation Rental Formula Business School. So it, it was just super to catch up with many people. And there was so much learning, but I'm not going to go into that learning here. I'm going to be writing a post that um, outlines all that learning in the next week or so, because I've, I've still yet to take it all apart and take out all the different learning points and how I'm going to apply them. Um, I just want to make a shout out to Damien Sheridan and Jean Paolo Viro for organising the week. They kept it on track beautifully. And I know from the organisation that Mike did for Vacation Rental Success Summit over three years in 2016, 17 and 18, I know what goes into creating a conference like this. And it's a lot, uh, huge amounts of work. So huge credit to them for doing this. I know there's um, there's another scale rental show coming up in Paris and then they'll be moving on to UK and back to um, the other side of the channel again, I guess. I will try to go to as many of these as possible because this was a really, really good one. Such a great, great show. A highlight was the boat trip that was sponsored by um, Touchday, sponsored by Boosley and others. And thank you. So a, a thank you to all the vendors, in fact, who do all this sponsorship. We do appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, I will make sure that there is a mention of all of the boat show sponsors in the show notes. So um, 
credit definitely goes to you. The highlight of the week was was the boat trip. Uh, I got to spend some time encouraging the magician to ignore his growing seasickness because it was really quite rough. Um, getting trying to get him to look out over the horizon. But uh, had some great conversations during that trip, even though the, the waves were rolling it about quite a bit. So rather than talk about the takeaways from all the sessions I attended, and I did go to quite a few, I just wanted to share my thoughts on the benefits of attending these events. And I've, I know I've talked about this before, but I cannot say it enough that it's an investment. It's an investment in yourself and it's an investment in your business. And the return on that investment can be massive. But here's some of the benefits. Networking. You know, you don't can't operate. Well, you don't have to operate in a vacuum. It's so good to talk to your peers and some of the best people in the industry. You know, the people who are out there doing the research and collecting the data and then sharing it with you so that you can be the best you can possibly be. And going to these events helps you be the best you can possibly be. Every event I've ever been to is welcoming. You you just have to sit at a table and introduce yourself and you'll be immediately involved in a conversation about the industry, about all the stuff that you know and love to talk about. I have never been to an event where I felt out of it and sidelined. You know, I've, you see, occasionally see somebody that's sitting out on their own and within minutes, somebody will go up and sit with them, introduce themselves and bring them into the fold. So if you're new to an event, don't ever worry about walking into it and feeling that you don't belong because you do. You're guaranteed to have aha moments. You're guaranteed to learn something that you can take away and put into action in your business the moment you get back. I, once again, never been to an event where I haven't taken away so much that has improved my business and and made my life easier and certainly better. You're with people who know what you experience because they've been there. Everybody has been through what you're going through and will empathize with you and maybe offer you some solutions if you've got issues or problems that you're tackling at the moment. Another huge benefit is you get to meet the vendors. And I I know with going to uh, the VRMA International Conference, the vendor hall is just massive. And I make a point of going and talking to absolutely everybody because I want to know what they do how they can help me. And, and in general, you know, it's not, you're not going to be hit with hard sales. You're going to just meet other passionate industry people. Most of the vendors know the property managers. They've been involved in the business for a long, long time. And don't forget that they are creating products and services that are designed to make your business life better. And then finally, you get to go to the best venues and and on great trips like the boat trip. I mean, Touch Day are magic at creating trips and little events, you know, little fringe events. So you get the opportunity to do these things as well. And the, the venues that I've been to over the years have been just amazing. 
You know, I, the first time I went to San Antonio was to a conference. The first time I went to San Diego was to a conference. And then I've been to conferences in Barcelona and Florence and Amsterdam and in the UK. It's just, I can't recommend highly enough that you should book at least one conference a year and you will get that return on your investment. So for me as well, I find I find my best podcast guests by meeting them personally uh, at the conferences. So you can look forward to hearing in the next couple of weeks from Paul Stevens from Short Stay Rentals. I had a great conversation with him. We're going to be talking about, you know, what's going on in the industry and, you know, how he as a journalist captures what's happening and keeps his finger on the pulse. I'll be talking to John Arn from Tech Tape about revenue management and how we can make revenue management simple to understand for everybody. Because I know it's something that I've struggled with for a long, long time. Going to be talking to Rebecca Cribbin from Australia. She she runs a very large property management company. She's a consultant. She's a trainer. And she had a wonderful session on the 12 lessons she's learned in a decade and more in this business. And every single one of those lessons resonated with me. So she's going to come on the show and share those 12 lessons with you all as well. So I know over the years, you've heard me talk over and over again about the benefits of conferences. I would love to hear from you, the audience out there. What is it that you enjoy most? What conferences have you been to? Which ones are your favourites? What don't you like? And I will probably be putting together another episode in the coming months that will bring some of your experiences out so we can share that. Um, I heard recently, and it's a, a, a great announcement from Amy Highnote, that the Vacation Rental Women's Summit will be going ahead this year in December, beginning of December in Nashville. And it will be followed at the same venue by the DARM conference, the Data and Revenue Management Conference. So this is brilliant news for anybody who's been to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. You've got to go. It doesn't, you don't have to be a woman. You don't have to be female to go to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit. It's a very different conference. It brings together so many of the amazing women in this industry. And the education sessions aren't all on vacation rental topics. They're on some very diverse topics as well. And I'm sure we're going to be seeing that at the Nashville conference this December. I can't wait for that one. I will put whatever information I have on the Women's Summit and the DARM conference on the show notes. I'm not sure if Amy's website is up yet, but I'm sure it's going to be there very, very shortly. And I will keep the show notes updated so so you can check back. So that's it. A little bit of recap on my two-week trip to Europe that took in the four vacation rentals and the short stay week. It was an amazing time. I enjoyed it very well. I hope you've enjoyed my review of that time. And I look forward to being with you again next week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.